0: You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
2: Scraping the bottom of the barrel this week. Yeah, we got Derek Coles, Erica Johnson. Other than Erica and me. Yeah, it's really just lame me. old brainware. But <laughs> I don't know where else to go from there. <laughs> That's why we're at the bottom of the barrel. Well, uh, you were at ATA. Yeah, I was at okay. ATA with uh, our boy Dan, Jacob, and Brad. Um,
1: Tell the fine folks that don't know what ATA is. Like, what is what it? Archery
2: ATA? Trade Association, Association Show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a trade show so it's like all it's like either biz like retailers media and manufacturers and so we were there as a retailer and we basically just ran around and talked with like all these different brands like that we all know it's super fun like um tethered mystery ranch baku um timber ninja spy point i mean like the list goes on bear garmin um they're all there and, anybody who's anybody well i don't know about that but <laughs> but no it was cool and then you've got like you know the hunting public running around tag and brag um hannah Barron, uh like just all these people you know from youtube and podcasts we hung out with the o2 podcast guys missouri woods and water glenn reich did a super cool like power dinner thing where there's just 60 of our best friends hanging out in a in a room and
0: eating good wow. and yeah it was it was awesome i'm guessing that that's why the o2 chat that we have going was like kind of like lacking these last few days because yeah. you guys were hanging out with most of them anyways so, yeah, yeah 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 they had the sportsman's uh empire
2: mm-hmm. dinner um so they went there and then after that they came to the one are we they were on, at.
1: they're on sportsman's empire yeah. mm-hmm. she, oh i didn't know that
2: yep. yep and we are about to be Spoiler, Ooh. Alert. Ooh. <laughs> oh. spoiler alert Spoiler uh, alert! so that's a really cool thing coming up we're not officially there yet but um, yeah I'm super excited about that so you just made it official <laughs> yeah it's official I mean we hung out with so it, this is something we've been working on for a few weeks and um, hung out with Dan Johnson a lot at the show and um, just planning the move and getting ready to, to jump over there so super yeah. excited about
1: Sports that. Sportsman's Empire is a like a podcast group,
2: a network, yeah, network. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So our podcast will be featured through them. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the big podcasts that people are familiar with are are on that network. Like Nomadic Outdoorsman, Western Rookie, O Two Podcast, Missouri Woods and Water, Southern Ground Hunting, Nine Finger Chronicles. Like it's a we're really we're moving 25. up in the world. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what Dan was thinking, but. um here we are he's bringing us in (laughs) they probably won't let me on the show anymore they're gonna be like Eric, you're done
1: what happened there there was one one thing where i was like so what happens when a fish eats another fish does it just like suffocate to death does it live in there
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a real jonah and the whale story
1: (laughs) oh man what was the coolest like product was what was the what was the coolest thing that you saw
2: I'm gonna be kind of lame and just stick to two saddle hunting companies because that's what I really like. Um, so Tethered has this new saddle called the Lockdown, mm-hmm. um, which was one of the like big drops at the show. They had like this this big section at the beginning of the show where you could walk by like all the new innovations, um, and so theirs was sitting there. So I got to like actually see it and mess with it, and then later got to put it on in their booth, but. The the big, like, new thing um, that they're adding to their saddle is, like, backstrap, back backpack straps, not back straps, um, <laughs> that are, like, integrated and connected to the saddle. Mm. Um, so you can just take a Predator pack, which is what I'm going to do, and it just clips right in to the back. So you literally have everything you need um, leaving the truck. So you put your saddle on, and it's got built-in um, – pouches on either side that are like one hand operation so um, if you use like sis haulers or anything like that you, you have to use two hands so you gotta grab the one hand to clip and then the other to like remove the cinch basically mm-hmm. with these there are these like really smooth zippers that you just use one hand and boom, they come open. And, um, it really felt like FHF gear kind of material. Like it's, they're really heavy duty, nice. Um, and they're just like, they're built right in on both sides. They added a bunch of other little things that were kind of nerding out. Um, but then the other difference is it's kind of like a one slash two panel. So like when you put it on initially, it's kind of like up your back a little bit like where the phantom saddle is but when you lean back there are these bungee uh cables almost like bungee straps that when you lean back it it basically it goes down your legs like it feels like when you when you take your knees into the tree it literally feels like you're sitting in a chair like A lot more like the Menace kind Mm -hmm. of probably, but it's like a combo of both where like you don't have to walk in with as much down your legs, but then when you lean back, you get all the comfort of like the Menace. It's like
1: the Lazy Boy.
2: Yes. Yeah. It was super comfortable. Um, So I really liked that one. Got to like
0: mess with that in their booth for a little while. Real quick on that, the straps, mm-hmm. I haven't looked a whole lot at it, but I have seen stuff on it. The yeah. straps, are they actually part of the harness, or are they just, like, utility straps, basically? So, the like, backpack,
2: you know how, how I
0: have, like, the suspenders or whatever yeah. that I bought? It's it's kind of, like, the same, like, idea. Basically. I'm just curious if they're, like, actually part of the harness and actually taking, not to get, like, too technical on, like, the the harness systems and all that but like yeah. kind of making it like a true like i think what would be a class three harness where okay. it's actually a full body harness mm-hmm. as opposed to just a seat harness yeah i don't really know what would make it that but well those straps would but if mm-hmm. they're actually part of the harness or if they're just utility straps that's the difference mm, yeah i don't know yeah, um they're i mean they're like it. they're actually like a
2: part of the saddle like yeah it's not just like they're clipped or anything but i'll have to look into yeah it more. i don't know what would
0: make it um class 3 but I'd be smarter than to do that you know well yeah it's a it's a whole lot better system and like right. with true like class 3 harnesses which I would never do this in a saddle hunting situation but like with rope rescue and just climbing and stuff like that like a class 3 harness actually allows you to like go completely inverted mm
1: Oh, my God, can you imagine me upside down and, like, Derek's pulling your bow? Like, I said whee! I would never do this in
0: a hunting scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Even if it was a Class three harness, just with how the tether system works, I don't know how you could really even do that, though. Yeah, I don't know. But, but I, yeah, that that definitely is, is a lot of the talk. I
2: mean, we met with all the big saddle brands there, mm-hmm. and um, – they they all have some really cool stuff coming out mm-hmm. but you know they're adding some ga- gadgets here and there but they're definitely leaning into safety a lot more like mm-hmm. you don't hear like a lot about saddle hunting injuries and stuff like that but they happen and I'd it's argue obviously where it's at now is arguably safer than hunting from like a ladder stand
0: yeah, yeah. and
2: but the cool thing is they're like they they've established um, a lot of these brands are getting into um is it the TMA uh I can't remember, but there's a there's a whole association dedicated to, like, um, you know, climbing safety mm, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and they're, like, forming their own organization within that oh. and, like, basically self-regulating safety. Yeah. Um, but what were you going to ask? I'm about to move on.
1: Um, I just imagined Derek from, like, <laughs> this is so weird. I'm just going to say it. I imagine from a deer's perspective, like, I'm just a deer and I'm, like, you know bopping around in the woods right and all of a sudden i look up and Derek is inverted coming down (laughs) mission impossible (laughs) style spider-man style and he's like gotcha and he pulls back and then i mean it's
0: probably something that deer's (laughs) probably never seen before so there might be some that's truth to this you know might be a good technique (laughs) right yeah no it's
2: uh it was cool i'm i'm excited about that i'm right now i'm i'm having a hard time see myself not getting that. Um, the company that is making me question that is Timber Ninja, though.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, met with uh, Jordan and Jason at Timber Ninja. Hung out with them quite a bit. They're saddle
1: um, hunting? Mm-hmm.
2: So they're, they're saddle hunting. They kind of like made their name with these carbon fiber sticks that are just like, it, it really feels like paper. Like yeah. when you pick them up, they are... They're super light. There's other ones quiet. out there. Yeah. These ones, like I've, I picked them all up. These ones are... Way lighter. I mean, it's bananas how how light they are. They're expensive. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of where they're like positioning themselves in the market is like we are setting the high end standard. Like this dude has decades in um, like fall safety and like fall trauma and rescue and all this stuff um, experience. And then also has like this insane knowledge of material science. And so like I don't don't know what and loves to hunt. So like I don't know what (laughs) better profession than to get into like saddle hunting, creating this brand. And they're based in Asheville. They make. I think they make everything right now in the U.S. i S I'm not sure if it's just certain things, but um, I know a lot of what they make is here in the U S part of why it's expensive. But when you pick it up and when you see this stuff, like it's very evident that it is the best of the best. Um, And so they have like these really cool two panel saddles that they're working on. They were some of the I think they're the only one I've seen that is like creating. Pro- I can't talk about what they are yet, but they're creating products specifically for like if you find yourself in a situation where you've you've fallen off your platform or your platform broke or you can't get down the tree. They're like creating things to add to the saddle to help you get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um and like the one saddle they have, they were like stretch testing it to like see how much weight it can withstand. And it didn't start ripping until it reached um ten thousand pounds of like pull pressure against this thing. Like there's wow. YouTube videos of it. It's nuts. Um so they were really cool just as far as like innovation by themselves like they're kind of in their own category of just making Mm -hmm. like how can we make the very best saddles um and saddle hunting equipment and dude it's it's wild if you all can get out to any show and like and and get your hands on their stuff like you you figure out why it costs what it costs because it's it's the best yeah Yeah.
1: i'm really considering doing a saddle setup this year because i mean i don't do public I don't do public land. I do private. Yeah. But where I'm at, I'm just doing. I'm not doing a treeline into woods. So like, putting putting up a tree stand to face out into a field is like great. But mine is more of like I'm in the woods, Mm -hmm. just the way that the property is and whatnot. You don't
0: have to hunt public land to hunt. Right. Well, I
1: just mean like the versatility of it. Mm -hmm. Of like a lot of people put a ladder stand up or a tree stand up because they're facing like a wood a a field i guess but now like last year i got my tree stand up scouted it i really thought that was a great spot and had seen stuff but then when the season opened i was like oh man i i see when i'm sitting there i see that they're coming from over here and i don't really have the shot especially in archery cuz it was kind of so far and i wish that i had moved over here but now i think it's too late to move but if i had more of a saddle setup yeah
0: that's the best I'm, part of I'll saddle not, hunting yeah, yeah
1: that's what i'm thinking like i could really if i didn't get it right
2: mm-hmm. yeah i can move 100 percent. yeah and i mean what a lot of people do with private is obviously set like a bunch of different stands out and like as you're there hunting year over year you're you're eventually going to get pretty dialed in but um, right. crazy stuff happens and being able to like if it's a weird wind if it's a weird weather and it's like all the stands you set out are out the window mm-hmm. uh, it makes it super easy to just like pick a spot or like you said like archery maybe your stands are set up for gun season and you want to get closer and you you know you need to be here or there um, but like another thing if I had private man I would I would just set my sticks up on one tree mm-hmm. and if I wanted to hunt like two different places in the day like you could so quickly like just set your platform set your sticks somewhere else go hunt this stand and then if you want to move oh. just walk right over jump right up and boom you're clipped in and now you're in another spot yeah so you can do like pre-setup with the saddle too which is like I got to, it's still that. at my grandpa's right now like a lot of my stuff still set up at my grandpa's because I was just at the end of the season just sliding in there real uh-huh. quick and um,
1: yeah, because value wise, like I could buy three different stands yeah. but I mean, they're like gonna be a couple hundred dollars probably or like you know, at least mm-hmm. hundred and fifty. Yeah. So if I just invested in one system.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep.
1: It'd probably be the same as a couple. I'm yeah. pretty I pretty much know.
0: exclusively at least from bow hunting standpoint, I only hunt for my saddle anymore. I still rifle hunt mostly from lighter stands, but mm-hmm.
1: would you would you rifle hunt from your Oh yeah from your tree saddle
0: i i I had full intentions of doing it this year yeah and then you know got my buck opening day rifle season and then i went out more after that but right it just um uh, the drive wasn't quite as there after i got my buck so i wasn't (laughs) trying as hard but (laughs) i think brad did i don't know that's yeah brad did did. dan did um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean people do it Mm -hmm. i absolutely would do it like i said had all intentions of doing it but just didn't Mm -hmm. that's what phil shot his buck Mm-hmm. Um, from his saddle
2: with a 6.5 freedmore. so yeah yeah I tried doing it but it just didn't work out and I ended up shooting my doe with a bow at the end of the year but um I definitely I mean and I think a lot of the saddle hunting companies are seeing that trend like saddle hunting really hasn't even you know captured the archery market yet like there's still tons of people as much as we talk about it and know about it and stuff like there's still tons of people that are set in their ways and you know are you know, they're kind of behind the the curve on adopting it. Mm-hmm. But the saddle hunting companies, I think, are starting to look ahead and see, like, oh, there's great applications for, like, for gun hunting out of these things, too. And so adding different products to their systems to accommodate that, um, I think in the next couple of years, we'll be seeing a lot of that type of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool. A lot of, like, saw a lot of e-bike companies, which was fun. I didn't get to ride mm-hmm. any, but those things are just so sweet like yeah, that's wishful thinking for me i don't know <laughs> i don't know that i'll ever have one but they are just super a, awesome that's another big thing
0: that's starting to take off too definitely yeah. well, to take off,
1: even not for like backcountry hunting no it's no, just, like for when i go camping yeah everyone's got an e-bike really mm-hmm. and it, I is it replacing kinda, the golf cart <sighs> um well okay <laughs> no, because you can't take your. Here, here's why. Here's why you cannot take your golf cart onto like in Indiana, anyways, onto mm-hmm. a state park property. Mm. It ha- it like isn't can't be like a motorized deal. Like mm-hmm. you got your car, right? So people are getting these like electric bikes. Mm-hmm. But then I'm kind of like, listen, is that not this motorized? is gonna be right. Yeah, but I think it's like. Um, maybe, like, miles per hour. Or there's, like, a soca. Okay. Yeah. I don't really know, but I'm going to hit, like, a controversial thing. Like, can you just use your legs a little bit? Well, yeah. <laughs> like, but then also there's older people. Like, most of them are older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I say older, I mean, like, 15 and above. So that's mm-hmm. not really old, but I'm <laughs> yeah. saying older. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. You might see me on an e-bike.
2: Dude, they're sweet for turkey season. People zip around on those things, like, real quiet, just – flying through property right.
0: um, yeah just chasing gobbles well but. you had some camping stories to tell too didn't you
1: um uh, i don't really have camping uh, stories I was, I was just gonna tell y'all
0: i was looking L- for like a segue well <laughs> yeah
1: okay it's january okay it so most state parks indiana michigan they have a six month book out mm-hmm. so like six months before your date you can start booking your camp spot and camping has gotten so wild since Mm -hmm. i mean like (laughs) the booking of the camping Mm -hmm. everyone's camping okay since 2020 people like the camping has just exploded so what is today today is january 16th which means you can book for july 16th Mm -hmm. right so everyone right now is like Okay, July 4th happened a couple weeks ago. Mm. Like, the reservation systems are, like, locking up. And, oh, like, man. the servers are exploding because people get <laughs> exploding on. Exploding servers. You <laughs> here first. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Camping! Exploding servers. Um, so, like, J- July 4th, uh, January 4th, everyone got on. Yeah. And, it, like, 801, all campsites in, like, all of the state are, like, booked.
0: Does yeah. it open at, like, eight? Yeah, and so, so like in one minute. <laughs>
1: yeah. So so get this. Here's the workaround. This is this is how crazy camping is getting. And I don't know if this is any interest in anybody, but I'm just gonna tell you. So I wanted to go to Michigan mm-hmm. to camp. The beaches, yeah. take the family there, like whatever. The traverse area? Uh yes. Yeah, I love yeah. that area. i am not I've not ever been to like the Great Lakes mm-hmm. to see like the beaches and the camping and I'm very interested in like it's not that the up no which,
0: but it's northern michigan yes yeah. I've,
1: I've just now learned that term yeah <laughs> we're not going to the up we're going to the lp is yep. that a thing lower peninsula yeah. okay yeah
0: where are you going You get a point to it they're gonna go traverse is like right here there you go everybody, here, everybody. yeah <laughs> um
1: mitten. i don't want to say exactly well okay we were gonna go there we yeah. were wanting to go i'll say i'll say now we were wanting to go to potoski state park okay um where they have like the potoski stones all this stuff right so What's here's a
2: potoski stone
1: I don't, it's, like, a stone with stuff on it. It's a stone with, with Potoski on it. though. <laughs> like,
0: ancient drawings or something?
1: <laughs> I have a feeling Mike Larson is going to be, like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Potoski is, like, I don't know. It looks, like, fossilly. Like, it's oh. got, like, I don't know. Kind of like the Some fossil beds of like, 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 Falls of the Ohio. Yeah, yeah. I honestly don't moves. know. I'm not like, familiar with the and all, and all and of maybe. that. Okay. It, as
0: far as, like, Traverse is concerned, like, Northern Michigan and all that, like, I've spent time, like, Sleeping Bear, I think it's... Yes, sleep, I yeah. wanted to look at Sleeping yeah. Bear. I, I spent time there, but... Listen, That's really all I know about that All whole I know area. is
1: I wanted one of these Potoski stones, okay? okay? I just wanted right. to the beach. Wanted, it looked I know beautiful. of a particular
0: lake up in that area that I thought would be really good for fishing, and I got mm. up there, and it was just completely saturated with people on pontoons and oh, jets, yeah. boats, and stuff like that, but you know, that oh. not neither here nor there. Anyways.
1: Well, let me tell you how wild this got. So, I I wanted to book in June, July, whenever, and so six months beforehand... Well, about seven months beforehand, start making a plan because we want to go with, like, a group of about seven other campers. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, on this day, you need to be on the booking site at 8 a.m. to to book the dealio, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, you, this is also, like, some older people. Get yourself familiarized with this website. Know how to filter, like, your trailer length and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Great. Okay. Well, about uh, about a week and a half before the six-month date that we we're all going to book, we notice that every day is reserved. Already? And you, because you can book two weeks out.
2: Oh. So
1: if you book two weeks out on the day that the six months, you could be booking into, like, weekends that haven't officially oh, opened I get yet. I what you're saying. So sneaky, this sneaky. is the glitch. All right. This is the, this is the. You just do the, that and then
0: you get up, in people. There. I, I think I know Here's the story. hack.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it came to be that we there's no way that we're booking a Potoski because it seems like everyone's booking it at this. I don't even know if it's called Potoski. It could be called like Pito- Petoski. I don't know. Oh, yeah. P-E-T-O-S-K-E-Y, Potoski. Um, so I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? So then we start looking at around at all over Sleeping Bear. Yep. Any any campsite that has, is like remotely close to a beach, all of them booked oh, into, yeah. into two weeks. We're like, what are we going to do? So anyways, we finally do some research, and we find – like one campsite, and there's probably a reason that has some availability
0: mm-hmm.
1: right then and there. But the hack is you book two weeks of camping,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have to book two weeks of camping to get your weekend Jeez. accommodated for. In Indiana, you can do that, but you can't cancel it.
0: Yeah, people uh, do that for a
1: Halloween camping, you have to eat the people do it about a week before you have to eat the week.
2: So are you going to do that, or like go camp that whole time, or are you just like reserving your spot basically? So
1: I did book – listen, listen to people in Michigan,
0: <laughs> I'm very
1: sorry that this <laughs> happens because I see people complaining and being and moaning about people doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you do have to pay to play. There is oh. a fee to do this, okay? So you book your two weeks out, and then – you can cancel. If you cancel, you have to pay ten percent of the days that you cancel. Yeah. Nice,
2: yeah. Which is great because yeah. they
1: were trying to limit people doing this, but,
0: but it, still, anyway. seeing, that's the fee to get the ideal. I'm seeing time. Michigan yeah. in the future because of this podcast. This is how they're going to find this out is about this. They're going to develop like a Western point system for big oh, game gosh. hunting, <laughs> but for camping. Yeah, I'm not kidding you guys. That's how you'll finally it's teach us, us how up. to understand the system. <laughs> <through camping. Yeah. laughs> we
2: won't figure it out other
0: ways. But yeah.
1: Yeah. So we got our site but we we had to book for 2 weeks. Damn. Um and oh and then you have to wait a month to cancel. And then there's a sliding scale like if you hold your reservation for like 4 months you have to pay 40% whoa of your amount. If you mm. hold it for like 3 months it's 30%. This is of two so months. complicated. Yeah. Cuz they're trying to limit it, which I get it. Yeah. But it is wild. I mean they're all just booked up. And Indiana is, is like we did a couple of sites in Indiana. And they're they're all red book 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 book
2: hmm. book. Heck yeah, cool. Well, we're going duck hunting. We are, and I kind of made a silly mistake, or just like a not really uh, thinking about it mistake. I don't know. But waited till, yes, like the weekend to buy my shells, duck stamp, choke, and actually found some waders. But Indiana doesn't have duck stamps, according to the people I talked to at um academy and bass pro there's no more they they sent their duck stamps back for some season and they haven't got more of them in is what i was told and i was they were like it's out of season and i was like what no, so it's like the middle of waterfowl season right now i know so whatever couldn't find those there i'm gonna go try to find a duck stamp today i'm gonna go to ky gunco try to find a choke and
0: some shells but other than that I'll be ready. Um what do you yeah, I mean you, mean? you are kind of like trying the equivalent that you could like maybe understand is like you're trying to buy like a saddle hunting system right now and in like, like the middle of November. November. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like you, the week before. You're right. getting everything like right in the middle of the season. Yeah.
1: You can it's not like turkey, like turkey season you just buy your
0: no, stamp. waterfowl is managed on a federal and state level and waterfowl has a lot more like regulations and there's more things that you have to do and purchase stamp and license-wise to hunt waterfowl. Ooh. Get hip number. Yep. So, like,
1: can you, are, like, stamps only allotted to, like, locations?
0: No. Um, the way I understand it, I'm sure I'm completely wrong, but, I mean, they, I think they make an unlimited number. Worst case scenario, you can go online and purchase it, and they'll. I think they will still send you one, yeah. a physical one, but you probably won't have it when we are right. hunting, but you'll have, like, a proof of purchase right, that yeah. you have it. I'll find one.
1: Oh, they're going to send you a stamp.
0: I think they will. I'm going to run around a few places a day and try to find some. But I I know for a fact we can get it online. Like, you're not going to not have what you need. Right. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. Traditionally, you have, like, the physical stamp that goes on your license. And it's a $25 federal stamp that you have to buy every year to hunt any kind of migratory bird. Wow. Yeah.
2: This is my first uh, foyer into it, so it should be cool. Going with – do all three of you, like – call like really understand me
0: me and and bardo do Okay. and then my the other buddy that's going with us is He's got a little bit more experience in it than you do. He's tagged along with me a handful of times. Yeah. Um, and then you're obviously the, the newest of the new. Fresh blood. Just got my waiters. Yeah. <laughs> <haters>. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, you're, you're our dog. Yeah. I'll just be chasing down birds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Braden, go. Braden's the dog. Heal, Heel. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, are you doing it with dogs?
0: No. Oh. Well, no. Well, I'm going to be the dog. Braden's oh. running down the birds. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So i gonna be watching some YouTube videos, trying to learn a couple things before I go. But like, I almost, I don't literally almost know nothing about duck hunting so uh we're
0: going to apparently one of the best places to go like in the area yeah um, i mean regionally in the state of kentucky it's definitely the best area to be for waterfowl hunting are um, you
1: laying in the water
0: we'll be so where we're going to be they have like there's pit blinds that are out there they also have just like more traditional stand up blinds and stuff like that nothing They've changed it though and you don't necessarily have to hunt from that blind, but I imagine we will. I've already been doing all kinds of research on looking at where we want to be and Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll talk all about this after oh, the fact, yeah. but I don't want I don't want to give away too much. No, no. But
1: Have you guys seen those like um, the holes that they dig and then like they're down there? That's a pit blind. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then they have like crock pots going.
0: We're not gonna be in, in anything oh my like that. That is the bougiest yeah, thing. When, yeah, no, they had some pip blinds and like these real private duck clubs and areas that are like, you know, peak duck hunting areas, like the some dudes get really carried away with their pip lines. Listen,
1: seen, I don't hate it.
0: I've seen like completely, you know, HVAC system pit with electricity and they're like watching the football game and cooking and stuff like yeah. that while well, they're quote-unquote duck hunting i my form of duck hunting involves huh. a lot more suffering but that's how like they drive those basically like camper ice houses over mm-hmm. the ponds and yes. go like ice fishing yeah. with them. they're like hanging out they're they're laying in bed fishing like. there are definitely some similarities with yeah. waterfowl hunting and ice fishing i've and never like, ice fished but i've just i I've I've picked up on these parallels that, yeah. you know, you can do it as, you know, miserable and as hard as you want to, or you can go that route and have, you know, a heated pit line and yeah. watch your favorite football team while Sports you ball. while you eat some, you know, steaks and whatever at eight o'clock in the morning. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. yeah no, people I was, definitely get carried away with it.
2: I was talking to a dude at ATA who's like a, a waterfowl guide in Arkansas, and he basically mm-hmm. like chases them like across the whole migratory pattern or whatever Mm -hmm. and i was telling him you know he was actually on gearbox talk um his name's matt i can't remember his last name but um really cool dude Mm -hmm. and i think i convinced him to start his own podcast (laughs) but um (laughs) uh, did he I don't know. It, oh, it just happened I'm sorry. At you talked to him just now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was like, "Where are you going?" And I was like, "Oh, we're going to be in, don't say it in Kentucky." Don't say it. <laughs> and uh, he was like, Utah. Oh, okay, cool. And I told him where we were going. He was like, "Oh, I've definitely heard of that place." Yeah. And He's like, "As far as you know, your area." He's like that's the spot. He's like, you all, no, if the weathered cooperates, you yeah. should be in no, good No, I'm situation. like sitting
0: here joking about like, don't say it, but anyone that knows anything about waterfowl hunting in Kentucky can probably guess where we're going. Okay. Like it's, it's not a secret.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was pumped. He's like, yeah, you're definitely gonna, you know, unless something crazy happens, you're going to see a lot of birds and it'll be a really good first
0: experience. So mm-hmm. it is,
2: I'm stoked.
0: Yeah. It'll be a good time. I'm excited to take you. I'm excited to go. I mean, I really outside of a, a couple handful little morning hunts just around here which our area is not great for waterfowl hunting to start off with like I I really haven't hit the birds too hard this season so I'm happy to get a couple days of what will feel like real bird hunting in and then when we get back I'll probably give it a, the ducks a few more honest goes um, I got one spot in particular that I've been keeping an eye on all season that i've really wanted to go hit just everything hasn't lined up i need a couple things to line up to go hit that spot so cool hoping i'll be able to do that before the end of the season But all
2: right well we're wrapping up here but i want you to make a prediction how many how many birds are we gonna
0: shoot oh i don't like doing that right, just for fun i just i feel like it's like jinxing like what we do I mean, guess a low number guess what your do you number. think I, i'm thinking um i'm just i'm just trying to be safe here and all that i'm thinking we're gonna get like two ducks <laughs> oh
2: okay. Yep, yep. You heard it here. Yep. All right. Go log the show on. Go wild. Uh, thanks for listening.